Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, beautiful sounds. Neato burrito. <laughs> Neato burrito. Bunch of sadness and, and Matt Stafford. And... <laughs> and in three, two. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Team Morale Podcast, where we do our two favorite things. We drink alcohol and we talk the NBA. Joining me, as always, is the tall guy, Mitch. Hey, what's up, everyone? And we got another guy joining the pod today, a friend of the pod. His name is Thomas Hunter, and uh, he will be taking us through, along with Mitch, our first mock draft on the pod today. Tom, introduce yourself. Yeah, uh, I'm Tom. I am from uh, the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan, and I um, went to, to TCU with Ethan and Mitch. I studied supply chain management, but um, basketball's always been a, a big hobby of mine since I've been a uh, very young kid. I'm uh, excited to be here today, so thanks for having me. Let's get into the realness. Who are your teams? Tell them who you like. Oh, wow. I hate all of my teams. Give but, them the sob so, story. <laughs> I'm, a, I, I'm a sad Detroit sports fan. Uh, all of my teams are just truly terrible. I, I, um, there's no Luca or no Dame in my life. It's just a bunch of sadness and, and Matt Stafford. And, <laughs> hey, you got Su- Siku Dimbuya. Dude, yeah. Right? Siku Dimbuya. Sadness and Matt Stafford might make the opening of the <laughs> In podcast. 2024, Siku's going to be sick, but <laughs> it's, a, it's a long time from now. So another thing we got with us today is Fireman's 4, or four, Fireman's four Blonde Beer. Yes. It's the first beer on the podcast, and yes. Mitch picked it out today, so talk us through it. All right, Fireman's Four Real Ale. So it's made by the Real Ale uh, Brewery here in Texas. And uh, it's one of my favorites, one of my favorite kind of local ones. Uh, it's a, This is the Golden Blonde one. It's the best seller of that particular brewery. And it actually has come second in the Great American Beer Festival for the Golden or Blonde Ale twice now. So it's pretty good. I really like it, especially on like a, a nice hot summer's day. It's light enough to, you know... Not kind of like make you cringe like some of those IPAs, but still it's got some flavor to it. It's pretty good. I get a lot of like, I don't want to say like heaviness, but it's like darker than I thought. When I, yeah, when I, I first, when I originally like opened it and saw it, I was like, ah, like it's going to taste like every other light beer, but it's not. It's, it's, it's darker for a blonde. Yeah, it's slightly better than the Coors Light that you're used to. <laughs> I'm more of a Keystone guy. Keystone I don't know what guy? You're talking about. <laughs> All right, but we got a lot to get to today. We have our very first mock draft, like I said earlier. Um, we're going to make this a two-part series. So we're going to go through the lottery in this podcast, and then we will break off and do the latter half of the first round in another podcast later down the line. But we're going to be doing kind of an interesting thing here. We haven't seen it a lot, but we're kind of excited to give it a try. Mitch and Tom have both done a decent amount of research, and they're going to be alternating picks. So they don't know who's going to get the first pick right now. And then they're going to be making picks based on what the team that is. So whoever I say gets the first pick will put on the Minnesota Timberwolves GM hat and will be drafting for the Minnesota Timberwolves. So are you both ready for that? I am ready. Oh, yeah. You guys feel like you guys are going to make the right picks for your teams because both of you are going to be wearing 15 or so different hats today. I'm about to destroy Tom in this. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, this will be fun, and both of you have done a decent amount of research, so we'll definitely be able to get into who, where the fits are and everything like that. So on the clock, Minnesota Timberwolves. We're going to give it to Tom. The guest gets the first overall pick. The Minnesota Timberwolves finished 14th in the West with a 19-45 and record. They're going to have roughly, if the cap stays the same, around $10 million in cap space. We'll see maybe around there. Their free agents are Evan Turner, Juan Hernan Gomez, and Malik Beasley. And James Johnson has a $16 million player option, which could kind of hurt their cap space. Tom, you are on the clock. All right. So for the first overall pick, I went with Anthony Edwards. 
Um, there's no real clear pick for who the, the um, T-Wolves should take here. I think in a perfect world, they would try and get some kind of point guard so they could have um, D-Russ off the ball. But that just isn't really the case here. And I think they will obviously try to, to trade this pick for the next, what, nine days we have until the draft. But, I mean, we'll see how that goes. I think Edwards right now is probably the best bet. Um, he's got a lot of hype the past couple weeks from the media. Um, he's with Clutch now. So LeBron and Davis have, um, have been giving him some love. I think that... It can be a fun fit with Russell um, in Towns. We'll see how it actually plays out. Um, I, um, it will be um, interesting to see how Ryan Saunders tries to, to like manage all that. So we'll just see how it goes. I think that'll be a fun fit. Um, his comps have been kind of um, all over the place. I've, I've seen some like some like Oladipo comps, some D Wade comps, which is interesting too. So I don't know. We'll just sort of have to see what happens there. Yeah. So uh, literally just in today, I've gotten updates. One was that the Minnesota Timberwolves were going to take James Wiseman, and the next one was the Minnesota Timberwolves were going to take LaMelo Ball. So I'm but doing I, great. I, I, no, so I'm I, a great start for me. I'm off to a hot start. Yeah, I actually, real hot no, start. I agree with you. I think, like, because that's kind of been the conventional wisdom so yeah. far, is that they're going to go with Edwards. Edwards is one of the few guys in this class that has, like, the actual, like, potential to be a number one scoring option yeah. on a, a real good team if he actually develops into that potential. Um, He's got good defensive like projections as well. He yeah. Could yeah. Be a he's good an defender. athlete. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, yeah. Yeah. He's a straight athlete. I mean, he's so fast, so strong. Um, most people, he's been kind of assumed that he was going to be the number one pick, uh, throughout like this entire process. And now I think they're doing a lot of smoke and mirrors because maybe they do want to trade it. I think they end up making a pick. And I think they end up picking Edwards. Yeah, with you. I agree with that too. You mentioned that they need a point guard and LaMelo is obviously the first pick he's on. The, he's available, yeah, but you don't think is the guy. I don't think that's just a good fit. I just, I think that's a lot of personalities. You have Russ and, uh, and Towns already. You, you just want to bring in, um, LaMelo who's had so much hype through his, his youth career because of his dad and everything too. He just sort of tough. I, I just feel like that's a lot for that, for that, that locker room to handle. I just think it's a good mix. I mean, I, I think that, uh, I think Lamelo like wouldn't fit just because D'Lo is the point guard. He's kind of that's a combo guard, but I think he's just like is gonna be the point Probably guard. Probably So that's pick one. We're, we're pick one's done. Mitch, you're on the clock. You are putting on your Golden State Warriors hat. You've won some championships recently. You've got this great asset in pick two, but they did finish 15 into the West with a abysmal 15 and 50 record. But you do have Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins. Marquise Chris might round out that starting five. We're not really sure. Not a lot of big free agents, but you do have a couple of trade assets. What, what do you go with here? So I think that it's more likely than not that Golden State probably tries to trade this yeah. pick at some point. That being said, if we're if they are going to make this pick, they're going to pick James Wiseman. Yeah. There's a lot of other guys that they're kind of like been talking about. I know that like Obi Toppin's been talked about, uh, Okongu's been talked about. But James Wiseman, to me, seems like the pick because at the very minimum, he's a good rim runner, which the Golden State Warriors love rim runners. My personal comps for James Wiseman is his absolute ceiling is going to be somewhere like Bosch or his absolute, absolute ceiling is like Anthony Davis. Because I don't know if you watched some of his tape. Like, he moves so well for a guy who's seven foot one. He has a good, like, turnaround jumper, kind of like Davis did in college. But his floor comp is Willie Cauley-Stein. His floor. Wow. Yeah. That's a tough one. I've seen some weird comps from like, I've seen it from like Whiteside to Rasheed Wallace. I'm like, where is this going? There's just no, there's yeah. no clear path to this guy. Like we saw what, three games of him in college and like his high school um, opponents didn't seem like up to the task. Like I'm not really sure like what he's seen before too. So I saw like, I'm very curious to see what, what his next step is, whether um, it's in Golden State or somewhere else. Yeah. This, this top three is very interesting to where the top three are definitely, you know, Wiseman, Edwards and LaMelo Ball yeah. and none of them 
seem all that great and none no. of them seem all that bad. It's that they both have high ceilings, low floors. They're both risk picks or they're all three risk picks. It's just, it's, it's an interesting top three. Yeah. It's a bit of a crapshoot, bit of a crapshoot, but yeah, I really like James Wiseman. He's got a really like high motor, which is good for a guy with his kind of athleticism and like his, like, and that's why I don't think he comps well with uh, Hassan Whiteside. I think that like, I think he's way different than Hassan Whiteside. I've seen that a couple times. All right, so Mitch, so if they do, let's say, pick up Wiseman, what do you think the Warriors' ceiling is? What do you think their floor? I mean, obviously they're in title contention, but is he a guy that can put them over the edge? I don't know if he puts them over the edge, but I think at the very least this is a guy that you can pick up and can rim rim run for you this season and be at the very minimum a good backup center and a good project for what your team looks like post-Steph, post-Clay, and like moving forward as a franchise because – their window is coming to a close here in the next two, three, four years. And then it's like, what do you do after that? I think now that you have a really high pick, if you want to get a guy like Wiseman, he will A, fit with your team now, and B, fit with your team going forward as a potential star. So that's the Warriors. Moving on. Warriors have made their pick. Charlotte's on the clock. They finished ninth in the East, which is pretty not decent. Bad, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> they, had low, for, they had a low bar last year. For Charlotte. That's not bad with a 23 and 42 record, which is pretty terrible. But the East is also terrible. They have, I mean, their starting five is, it's got some talent not, there with Devontae Graham. It wasn't as gross as, as I, yeah. I thought it was going into Ab- on the draft. Absolutely. Strap. I mean, Devontae Graham yeah. showed some signs. Could have been most improved player of the year. Yeah. Terry Rozier, good defensive guard, overpaid, but a good defensive guard. Uh, Miles Bridges and PJ Washington, both young, Solid. athletic starters that could be, you know, something. And then Cody Zeller was a, you know, just a hangover at center, but he, they needed to start somebody. But yeah. like, where, this pick could go a lot of ways. Uh, Edwards is off the board. Wiseman is off the board. Where are you going? So you sort of alluded to it. This is a pretty solid starting five. Um, I have, I'm going to botch this, Onyeko Okongwu from USC um, at center. I just, when I was watching tape last weekend, this was the guy that stood to me the most. I was loving his game. I was just like, he was bouncing around everywhere. He was blocking shots. He was getting boards. He was just jumping out of the gym. And I was just, I was loving every second of it. I think he could be... I mean, I just saw Bam. I saw Bam um, the whole way. He was looking great. He was blocking shots. Um, similar build, 6'9", like 240 kind of vibe. It's pretty close to Bam. And I was just, I was shocked. I thought he was, um, I had seen a whole lot of tape on him before, but he was just doing great. Um, I think he could fit pretty well with Charlotte. Probably start day one um, over Cody Zeller. I think he was just great. They just need, they, they just need to, to give him some, some more minutes and um, help those guys develop a little bit more. I think he's, I, I honestly think he probably could be, could be better than Wiseman this year too. I totally agree. Okay. Bam, so Bam was this was actually my pick for the Hornets too. Really? And awesome. Bam was the comp that I had for him okay. as well. So he's like he's one of those guys that he's like a high energy guy. He's about six foot nine, but long arms, and he handles the ball well and he flies all over the court. You kinda saw it with Bam in the playoffs this year that the Heat can run a bunch of different lineups because and run that like weird zone with him just like flying around. And when you have a guy like Okongwu, he has similar type of characteristics. They, yeah. That that gives him a definite like young core to build around, which yeah. is Devontae Graham, you know, Miles Bridges, PJ Washington, both young. Terry Rogier is still before his prime. You add a Kongwu into that mix, that's a good solid core that in the East could, you know, honestly push for a playoff spot next year and be a playoff staple going forward. Yeah, I, I will say that I've heard a lot of stuff about how the Hornets may be in love with James Wiseman and that they may be trying to trade up and that even the Timberwolves might draft Wiseman in anticipation for the Hornets to go and try to get him. So there may be a little bit of movement with them as well. Yeah, definitely a trade-up option for sure. Well, moving on to the fourth pick, 
We got the Chicago Bulls, who finished 12th in the East, 22-43 and 43 record, which is very bad. Um, they do have some good building blocks in Zach Levine, Wendell Carter Jr.'s shown some signs. Laurie Markkinen, if he could stay healthy, could be something. Kobe White's been a decent point guard and has the potential to be good. They do have some good young pieces, but they definitely need to add some more of a lot of things in order to be good. All right. So for the Bulls, after a lot of consideration and reviewing of all the players, all the interviews, I have decided to draft LaMelo Ball. Oh, and I don't feel good about it. Wow. I d- <laughs> okay, so... Here is here's my comps for LaMelo Ball. His ceiling is somewhere between Penny Hardaway and Magic Johnson. <laughs> and his floor the and, floor? Okay, and so his the floor. floor is Michael Carter Williams. Oh, Holy. <laughs> that is that is where LaMelo Ball lives right now. <laughs> so you may have you may have an all-generational talent in LaMelo Ball. You also may have a guy that just doesn't even make a roster in like 4 or 5 years. <laughs> Hey, MSW is is living the dream on the match right now as their third string point guard behind Augustine and Marco Fultz. So there's still a place for him somewhere in the league. Yeah, just not there may be a place for him somewhere. But okay, so oh he, my god! Okay, so wow, he really let's blew this up right now. Okay, so he's uh, he's bounced around all over the place as a kid. Um, he went to Lithuania to play with his brother Leangelo, and then he went to the NBL and played with the Illawarra Hawks. And he had a good season. It definitely, I feel good about the fact that that league is like a grown man's league. It's really tough guys in it. And so I think that he kind of stepped up his maturity a little bit. But even after that whole year of being in professional basketball, you're still hearing about all these issues with his interviews and his maturity and how people don't like him. Maybe it's smoke and mirrors because someone's trying to like trade up and they really love him and want to go get him. But I think that a lot of teams are not totally sure on him. I mean, he has a great handle. He's six foot seven. He's really smooth. He does play fairly smart as far as like passing and his like off ball defense, but he's still kind of weak and he's still kind of, you know, immature. And is that kind of guy you wanted to be the star of your team going forward? I don't know. But if I'm the Bulls, I take, I take the high pick and, or I take the chance that LaMelo ball could be really good and potentially fit next to Levine pretty well. This just in folks, less than two weeks after saying that LaMelo could fall all the way to 10, Mitch in his mock draft mock draft has Lamelo Ball. Okay, going I had him okay. four. Just for comparison, I had him at eight to the Knicks. So that's just where we're at here from <laughs> okay. a comparison standpoint. I, okay, I will say that I like I wouldn't be surprised if he fell to eight or if he fell out of the lottery. Teams just lot- decide wow. that they just don't like him. I like, called him a punk a yeah. week ago. <laughs> I stand by on that. The podcast is like this boy is a punk, and wow. I quote him. <laughs> I stand by that. <laughs> I don't back away from that. That being said, if I am the Chicago Bulls GM, I pick LaMelo Ball. All right. I said I'm not happy about it before I, before I picked Absolute him. fireworks <laughs> at pick four. We're moving on to pick five, and that is the Cleveland Cavaliers, which has been a roller coaster of a ride. No, it's just a down. It's not a roller coaster. It's just downward. Well, they LeBron lost left. LeBron, and then Again. they were down, and then they picked him back up, and then they were good, and then he left, and they went back down. 19 and 46 record which is just not good. Not a lot of hope on that team. You've got Drummond and then Kevin Love, who are both old and overpaid. I guess Sexton and Garland might give you a little bit of Sexton, hope. I like Sexton. I just We haven't seen Garland enough for me to make a good opinion on Garland yet. I, they're, their fit together has me questioning oh, a lot absolutely. of things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's but, fair. 
I remember last year when they were comping Garland to Dame. And I was like, <laughs> no, oh boy. It was Kyrie too. Though. Oh, it like, like um, he has the handles for Kyrie and we're like, well, let's wait and see on that like, one. Good luck, man. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, Tom, you're on the clock. So I was thrown for a loop, but we, we uh, regrouped here. So I'll take, I'll, I'll botch this too. Denny Abdia. Abdi- Avita. Avita. Denny, Denny Avita. I think it's Avita. It's Avdia. Avdia? Yeah, I thought it was Avita. No. no. Wow. <laughs> it's definitely Avdia from uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv, Israel. Um, not the sexiest player on this board by any means, I think. he um, He's just like um, just a, a solid build, uh, 6'9", 215. Um, good playmaker, makes good choices. Um, he's known for being a great defender, which isn't something that we always get from the European or like the overseas prospects. So that's something that um, it is um, surprising. The knock on his game is he can't shoot great, which is not awesome for a guy from like overseas. That's like usually sort of more of their like area for expertise. But he shot, I think it was 55% from the free throw line, which is not ideal. But I think he's a solid defender, playmaker, average. good ball handler. <laughs> I think he could sort of fit in um, with the Cavs behind Seti Osman or take his spot eventually. I think he's just a good. Um, a good sort of project for them to work on the next couple of years. My comp, I don't know if you guys um, recall him. Um, do you remember Andres Nocioni from the Bulls? Like yeah. Ten, yeah, that's what I think of. Oh, when, when, wow. When I saw his Great tape, comp. was Andres Nocioni. I, just, a, I was like, you know a, what? That is a good comp. Andres Nocioni. That's the, yeah, that's what I saw when um, I, when I was watching this tape. Just like, like, a, like a solid, smart defender. Like, like right place, right time. He makes like the right passes. He can make the, um, like the, the occasional three. That was my comp. He's uh he's definitely a safe pick. I, I did read an article the other day on Mavericks uh, on their like Bleacher Report thing that said, "Don't get fooled. Denny Avita is not Luka Doncic." And I was like, "You go Bleacher yeah. Report. <laughs> you tell him that he's not Luka." So, my comp for Denny Avdia, who I uh, I actually have hit the Cavs picking him too. Okay. Um, but my comp for him, my floor comp is Mario Hazonia. And I've heard that too. I hate Mario Hazonia. <laughs> I I actually like. I think that he's a good guy. I think he's nice and everything. But I I see a lot of the same stuff where it's like he's big, he's athletic, he's not a great shooter. He like he should be like he's a good slasher in theory, and like he like makes smart plays in theory. But I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand this last year. It just does not did not translate on the NBA court. I hope that uh, so FBA wasn't Hazoni actually... supposed to be a good shooter though at a college or, or not out of college, but from um, Europe or no? Dude, he was like the second best prospect coming out of Croatia uh, ever, and he was he was supposed to be good. But he was, <laughs> I mean, there's, I think he was the number five. I think he was the number five pick in his draft. Yeah, and yeah, he was supposed to be a good shooter. He was supposed to kind of be a do it all kind of guy, just like Avdia is kind of a do it all kind yeah. of guy. So that's where I'm a little bit nervous about him. I think that he definitely, if he develops his shooting a little bit more and just kind of has like a good IQ playing off ball and being a role player, then yeah. he'll be good. But the difference is between him and uh, any Avdia, Avdia. Avdia. Avdia is Tom said it. He makes good choices and Mario Hazonia <laughs> cannot make a good decision. And it sounds like Avdia yeah. can. And also the, um, it's funny for the Cavs, like, this could also be the same exact player as Seti Osman, who's already their, start, their, their um, starting small forward. So I don't really know, like, maybe they don't want to go that direction because they already have someone like that on the roster starting for them. So it's a great point. to see sort of how that goes, too. Yeah, it's a great point. They could be, like, almost the exact same person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, wings they have are... They have built, wing, and, like, yeah, it's the same kind of game. Can't have enough wings, but, I mean, if you're... I mean, you can't have enough, like, wings that can do the same thing. Yeah. But let's switch gears here. We're going to move on to pick number six, and that is where the Atlanta Hawks are picking. They finished 14 in the East. 
with a 20 and 47 record. They will have a decent amount of cap space, so they should be a spender this offseason. I'm not sure where they're going to go. They have a actually like pretty decent starting five with Trey Young, Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, or Cam Reddish, pick one of them, John Collins, and then Clint Capella, who is a midseason trade who didn't get to play much for them, or if at all, I'm not sure. But what one thing that they could use is some, probably some defense in their uh, yes. on the perimeter. Some perimeter defense is something that could probably help them out. But I mean, where do they go with six, Mitch? So I went a little off the wall with a guy who has been flying up the draft boards in the last several months. Tom and knows where this is going. I don't know if you know. I'm going with Patrick Williams. <laughs> I had, so I'll start off. I had him. Um, I'm going to the Stones with the next pick here. So <laughs> the, the, the Detroit Pistons fan is very upset right now. He was, if you were here, you could see him realize that where Mitch was going with this. As soon as he said, and, like, he's jumped off the boards, I was like, God damn it. <laughs> to Patrick Williams. It was either him or Vassell, and I was like, it's definitely going to be Williams here. So I actually had a Coro here, so that's interesting too. Really? So I had three guys that I was thinking about for the Hawks. Or Coro was one of them, Williams was the other, and then Killian Hayes was the third guy okay. that I was thinking about. I thought Toppin here too, maybe. I was thinking Toppin maybe here too. So Toppin could fit. Yeah. I thought that Toppin was like a little redundant since they already have John Collins as that's their guy. Too. That's fair. And I thought that Patrick Williams, I mean, he does kind of, he plays like that 3-4 he plays that 3-4, and he's a really big, athletic guy. He has he has good percentages from three, um, and he's got a good free throw percentage as well because I think he shoots 84% from the free throw line, which I always find to be a really good kind of barometer for a guy, even if he only shot, I think, 34% from three. Yeah. yeah. If you have a good touch from the free throw line, then that, a lot of time that leads to a good shooter. So I have in my notes, whack jump shot. So, <laughs> well, cause I, so I, I was watching his tape. He starts with the ball like, at his waist, and it ends up over his head, and it just takes too long. Like he needs to change that. Or it's, he, it's he, he loads the catapult. He's yeah, a he's definitely load the catapult. He's a load the catapult kind of guy, which means like you got to sit there and wait for him to load the catapult, and eventually, eventually he'll get it off if it's not blocked. He's also fascinating too. Like he didn't start last year for for um, Florida State because he was a freshman. He he, he came um, off the bench. It was like he only averaged what nine points a game. Mm-hmm. His, Something like that. His numbers were not that impressive. He's definitely a guy that people are valuing because of what he could be because yes, he's got the build absolutely. he's got the athleticism he's got the smoothness and it's like you watch him play he's very smooth and yeah. everything he does but it's just like his numbers aren't there and it, i don't know if his like finesse and touch is really there he's definitely a like he's a project player for, yeah, sure. for sure yeah he's a project player and i think that's you know i mean i guess the hawks gm is or the owner has just hit the gms with they need to be making the playoffs this next year so maybe they turn into a trade down candidate as well trying to look for more vets but I really like Patrick Williams on the fit with this team as yeah. a pen- potential 3-4, even like a small ball 5, and I think that he w- he's going to do pretty well there. Sorry, it's Pistons. Right. <laughs> and, um, I just am. one last note on the Hawks there. I have heard like some, some trade stuff where they're trying to do some kind of package with the 6th pick and Herder to try and get someone better. I don't know like what that gets them or like or what more they would need for salary cap stuff. That's something that, that's been sort of, um, sort of like through the grapevine. I've heard that, the past, that would be interesting. Like, I'm not sure down. where that, what that could get them. I think that's like, like the starting base for the deal. It's yeah. not like, yeah, that just sort they're of They're going to have to add more if they're really going to yeah. add something. But yeah. they do have cap space, so they, they could go get one of these stars if someone crazy wants to hang up or trade up. Who'd you have for a comp for him? Just for Okay, so my, my ceiling comp for him was Danilo Gallinari with defense. Okay. 
Because um, he is a really good defender, and if Danilo has stayed healthy, he's actually quite athletic for a guy at 6'8". He moves really, really fluidly around the court. Um, and then his floor comp is Dante Cunningham. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. <laughs> As a guy who's kind of athletic and can kind of shoot, but can't really do either all that well. And so he just doesn't like, he just sticks around the NBA for a while, but doesn't actually like get starting minutes anywhere. He's what you call a, a minutes eater. He's just yes. there to eat up some minutes, <laughs> get some guys some breathers, and then just get off the court. You're like, Get in there, don't screw anything up, don't fuck anything up, and we'll just get you off the court as soon as everyone else is ready. Exactly. I had to dig deep for some of these floor guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I'm fascinated where Tom goes with this pick. Your Detroit Pistons are on the clock at 7. You're already yeah. wearing a Detroit – it's a Detroit Tigers hat, Detroit but you're wearing hat. a Detroit hat, yeah. so please take it away, sir. All right, so the four names that I've been like hearing the most on the sad uh, Pistons Twitter that I follow and, like, uh, and on social media stuff have been LaMelo Ball – Please no. <laughs> um, Williams, which I'm down for, Halliburton Hayes. So I think here would probably go to Halliburton Hayes, which is, I guess, sort of a toss up because they aren't that different. I'd probably choose Hayes. Yeah, yeah. So we'll do Hayes here. We'll, yeah, you know what? Say more. Yes, Hayes. It's Hayes here. Um, <laughs> you sure? Yes. You still got, you still got a couple five. minutes left no, on the clock six, here. Five, you can... 215 um, from France last year. Um, but he's a guy that's sort of been all over everyone's board. They have him as high as, like, the top three to like 10 to 12, like he's really varied, but um, he's known for his playmaking. I'm um, great at pick and roll. I, I saw that sort of I, like half of his team's offense um, came from him and the pick and roll. So he's, um, he, he's good with that. That could be interesting to see with, with the Pistons with um, Blake and Wood next year. Hopefully Wood. <laughs> Cross fingers. <laughs> Please don't leave us, Christian Wood. Um, and solid defender. I think he could be a good fit. I think he's a guy, um, he's supposed to be just this good locker room guy. Um, just sort of low-key, just like that blue-collar Detroit kind of thing that we're, that we're looking for for our prospects here. Um, the comps that I've seen that I sort of liked was Amano Ginobili. I could be down for Amano Ginobili. Um, and they call him, um, I, what was it? It was something like Baby Harden in France, which I'll take any part of that. <laughs> if that means he's scoring a lot of points and he's getting uh, my team wins in the future. So The, the Blazers, or not the Blazers, the Pistons do need some point scorers. <laughs> points be you, great. You look at that roster, you're like, oh, God. Who, if who Luke Kennard's taking that many shots, we need someone else to do it. Who scores on this team? Because our defense really isn't bad, but we just have no one to score points. Like, Derek Rose is, is oh, oh, yeah, also, too, like, if he's on the Pistons, he can learn from Rose, which is good, too. That, That's assuming Rose is there. still there. If he's still there, yeah, if, but if, yes. if he's not gone on draft night, but, yeah, I, I I think with with um, how the board has played out, I would take Hayes. There's also the rumors that we might trade up with the Warriors with some like weird Blake Griffin Wiggins tray, which I'm sort of torn about. And then there's one where we do it uh, with the Celtics, where we get their their three firsts for our one first, which is also kind of weird. So we'll see what happens. I don't. Yeah, yeah I don't I know. I mean, if you do make that deal with the Celtics, you would get 14, 26, and 30, which would help round out the roster. But I mean, there's no there's, there's no, no wow guy. Yeah, you're not getting the guy. You're going to get at seven. Yeah. But, right. We just need a tank for um, Monty Bates in two years. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> wow. That is a sad island where you are like, all right, our guy is what? A junior in high school right now? Maybe. He's from Detroit. That's your guy? He's from Detroit though. So. You're putting a lot of eggs in some guy the next who's Derek maybe getting some hair on his chin right now. They'll rig the lottery for us so we get Imani Bates in two years and make Detroit basketball relevant again. So I'm about it. Also, I'm a big fan of Killian Hayes. Yeah. I 
also had him going to you guys here at yeah. seven. I don't know about you, but my mock draft has been perfect to what it's been so far. <laughs> Not quite. Really I was, just about, for I was about to say, just out of curiosity, how many picks have you guys that have had that have you both have like been the same? Top on? three and I, I Abdia. So you you had the Cavs. You didn't have Lamelo to the Bulls and Patrick Williams to the Hawks. No, because I had Akoro to the Hawks. I don't, I don't, yeah, we'll see so, so yeah, for later. So but I'm 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 uh, six for six right now. So, so seven. seven for seven. So Mitch is just being wild here because it's the even picks that Tom is getting wrong here. The even picks are the ones that are going <laughs> <Yeah>. nuts. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, I really like Killian Hayes. So he's a lefty. So that's why people Do call him like Little Harden. Yeah. Um, I think that he plays a lot like D'Angelo Russell. Six foot five. I've heard that too. He That's a common one too. Yeah, he play, like he plays uh, kind of the point guard combo guard uh, position. He seems a little more like in control than Russell does because Russell's still like mm-hmm. a tad rack. He seems to be more just like focused, like in the moment. He knows what he's doing. Like he, um, he's not one that will take as many like erratic shots as um, as um, as Russell could. Yeah. No, I agree. And he took. I mean, he takes a lot of floaters. I was looking at some tape earlier today, and he loves like that little left-handed floater, like moving so does to his right <laughs> side. So does Lamelo. Yeah. Uh, but he also did did that like hard and step back a couple times, and his form on his shooting form looks almost identical to Manu. That's yeah, which it is looks good. Because, so similar. Yeah, because when like um, that's over two with the Hayes versus versus um Halliburton to be because Halliburton shots kind of whack too. So that'll be something that we'll talk about later on. But yeah, that's. Also, something that was um, the the final factor between Hazen and um, and and um, Halliburton for me. So yeah, yeah. and uh, Kevin O'Connor out of the Ringer, one of my favorite uh, guys who comes up with the draft board. He has his on his big board. Killian Hayes is his number one guy. I saw that. I was like, oh wow, really? That gives me hope for the future. <laughs> yeah, definitely interesting. Let's let's shift gears here and move on to. Maybe the biggest meme in the NBA. The team that you look at their roster and you're just like, what is going on? The New York Knicks are on the clock, Mitch. I I hope you turn their organization I'm around. I'm fascinated by this pick. Because the fact that they were supposed to have, what, pick four, I believe, and they fell I all the way higher. to eight. He was like second, right? So uh, I don't. Th- I think they were supposed to have three or four, but regardless, they yeah. were supposed to have a top four pick yeah. and fell all the way to eight. Nothing can go right for these guys. They got absolutely just fleeced by my Mavericks, which is just awesome to see. Ugh. I love you, New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the guys who lose a lot and everyone seems to hate them still. It's yeah. hard to do. It is hard That's to do. a hard place to be. It is. Okay, so I have uh, the Knicks taking Halliburton. Tyrese yeah. Halliburton, point guard out of Iowa State, sophomore, Six foot five, and he's just like a really solid basketball player. He's really a mature guy. You can see the way he plays the game. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And those are the kind of people the New York Knicks need to have on their team. They need people who like are not going to mess up when they're on the court because they're constantly full of people like guys that just are kind of knuckleheads. I think that they need to add a little bit of maturity, and I think that Halliburton is a good place to start. I've seen some comps like Shea Gilders Alexander, which I I do see. I think he's a little bit more point guard oriented than shooting guard oriented uh and he can kind of like actually run your offense um i have his comp as sam cassell a guy you know mature guy he can knock down threes he can distribute the ball he plays hard on defense um halliburton is my pick here okay yeah that's that's, <laughs> that's, no, that's i mean that's pretty much what i have for the uh, most part too i mean there wasn't a whole lot more for me to head there honestly Ethan, yeah. you have any more thoughts on that one there's not Sorry. much here i mean there's not much here halliburton's probably the best guy left on the board right now they're probably going yeah you know, best available. The, they the, need it. <laughs> the Knicks need everything. I mean, the the only 
person, people on their team that might be like their building blocks would be RJ Barrett and maybe Mitchell Robinson. I mean, Neil Aquina didn't pan out. Dennis yeah. Smith Jr. didn't pan out. Kevin Knox didn't pan out. Like none of these like weird power forwards that they signed a while ago panned out. Like it's just one of those things where you look at their roster and it's like they have a couple of young guys with maybe upside, but in the grand scheme of things, they need skill and they need the best people available and that that's what we got here yeah and i was gonna add in there at the end he'll he'd probably start day one over alfred payton and um for you to get teen, so and dennis know. my junior and dsj oh, dsj God, doesn't even play <laughs> you I forgot he's on the team you forget because he was the guy that they mainly wanted in the chris Stapps trade yeah the knicks the knicks gotta fix some stuff they gotta fix some stuff well because they have the new gm and leon rose maybe he'll just maybe he's the one and then they have thibodeau right that's their coach now yeah <laughs> And I do like Leon Rose a lot. I think that he's going to make smart decisions. I don't think that he's going to... It's a low bar. He'll make not bad choices. Yeah, that is the bar. The bar is make good choices. The bar is don't be terrible. (laughs) (laughs) No, but there was rumors that the Mavs are going to trade up. And I read an article that like... Maybe they'll trade up with the Knicks. And I looked at the comments and I was like, nope, they will never (laughs) trade with us again. (laughs) All right, but we are about halfway through our lottery mock draft here and i'm done with my beer i don't know about you guys but i am finished with mine i'm ready to crack another one will you pass them down here mm, absolutely um, and then mitch if you've got any more I'm stats last sip here if you've got any more stats on these things i'd love to yeah. learn more right, hold, on, so, hold on let's get the oh yeah <laughs> uh, beautiful sounds beautiful sound all right so some little stuff it's so you got your alcohol content is five percent and I'm going to start doing some like pairing, some good pairings with these alcohols. Oh, we're getting a real sommelier out of you, aren't yes, you? Yes, yeah. Whatever beer and whiskey sommelier is, that's what I'm doing. Anyway, so the Fireman's Four, it says here on this uh, review website that it goes well with shellfish, which I think is just <laughs> beer and a load of BS. <laughs> that sounds terrible. But Let me I get actually, you some clams while we have this beer. But actually, I will say, so I am a big fan of Fireman's 4, and I have it a lot with, like, spicy foods, like with wings or, like, chips and queso oh, like or, that. like, okay. Mexican Ooh, food. Okay. And I, I love this because it, like, like it is, like, a lighter beer. It is a golden ale, but it also, I mean, it has enough flavor to where it kind of pairs well with the, and kind of dampens a little bit of the spicy foods. So love spicy food with this guy. That's Where's the bottle opener? It's right here. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it, I, I, I can't say anything more than I like it. Um, I'm a big blonde guy just because I don't, again, similar to my whiskey taste, I don't have the uh, enough hair on my chest to uh, <laughs> to just drink actual alcohol. So I like to dampen it with blondes and, you know, other weird things. Would you say you like like blondes and goldens more than uh, like an IPA? Absolutely. 100%. Really? Yeah. So another thing is like the IBU content. Okay. I, so it's 23, which is fairly low. The IBU content pretty much means like how hoppy a beer is. I like the less hoppy, the better. Yeah. So 23 is pretty low. It's pretty. It's actually like fairly high for a golden. But for if you're gonna, you're gonna be a lot higher if you're gonna be drinking IPAs and stuff like that. Which would make sense because when I first tasted it, and I said it earlier in the pod, um, I it tasted darker than what I thought when I was like, oh, you're giving me a blonde, and I tasted, I was like, oh, that's darker than what I thought, and I guess by me saying darker, I meant hoppier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at this. Look at I'm you. Learning. 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 Learning alcohol stuff. Tom, what do you think on it? It's good. I um. It actually made it um actually re- reminded me of revolvers. So. Revolvers. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that was my main thought when I when I was having my my first sip of this bad boy. I do get revolver yeah. actually. Yes. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Look at that. Well, they are competing breweries, so. 
makes sense why they're similar tasting. Similar. Yeah, oh, okay. that Texas. All right. Well, we reopened another bottle. We're moving on and later into the uh, the second half of the um, the lottery here. Um, Washington Wizards, a very interesting team, picking at nine. They're getting John Wall back this year. And if they're getting any sort of what John Wall was before he left or before he got hurt, him and Bradley Beal would definitely have this team making some noise in the East yeah. and making the playoffs. Absolutely. So there are two ways I could see this going. Either they go for a wing to try and sort of bolster the roster to make a playoff push. This team should make the playoffs if John Wall's anywhere close to um, healthy. And they, and I would think they would probably knock out the Magic. the so one team in the East that's probably going to go. I think um, the rest of the East holds besides maybe the Pacers they could follow too, um, depending on what happens with Oladipo. Or the other option is that they need someone for fat John Wall insurance. So they go get some kind of point guard like um, Kyra Lewis or Maxi. But I have them going with the wing route. And I have them going with Devin. It's Vassell, right? Devin Vassell? Vassell. Or, I've heard I've Vassell. Heard. Are we sure I've heard Vassell too? I've heard both. He goes by both as well. Avdia, Avita, Vassell, Vassell. I mean, we don't know how to say it. We're not linguists. We know, we, we know <laughs> basketball. This so. is also the first one that I did not get right. Really? It's not like here? down my list. I had Okoro here. Okay, so it's sort of the same sort of deal. Yeah, I have Vassal here. I'm more in Vassal. Or... Yeah, no. I'm staying with Vassal. It's Vassal. I'm staying with Vassal. Um, just a great defender. I mean, he's the classic Florida State guy where he's just an absolute um, grinder on defense. He has so much upside here for the pros. He shot 40% from three, which is great. Um, just awesome defender. Um, just a lot of hustle. Just a lot of energy. This is sort of the, um, the guy that could probably be a great... Sixth or seventh man off the bench for the Wizards as they try and go for the push. And he can honestly probably take um, Trey Brown's spot here eventually um, and the, the starting five as well for the Wizards. So. Yeah, because their starting five actually is another starting five where you look at it on paper is actually pretty decent. You yeah. John Wall, Bradley Beal, obviously both could be all-stars. Troy Brown Jr., who's the guy you're talking about replacing, is yeah. another guy and they're starting on a Rui Hachimura, which is a lottery pick. We'll keep another, him in there, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then Thomas Bryant's like actually, Thomas yes, Bryant. he's a good center. Yeah. He's a good center. He's a good young center. So this... There's definitely the pieces here. And then you mix in Davis Pertans, who could be on his way back, who could honestly start and push. And Mo Bonner's not bad either. Yeah, so they definitely have some pieces there. They yeah. should be able to make the playoffs in the East. It's definitely going to be interesting. But, um, yeah, it, it, it it's definitely – Okoro's a good fit for them. He's definitely a, um, a guy that can help push them over the edge. So, question, who's our biggest, like – is there someone that's falling in our draft right now based on what, what – I like mean, Okoro is probably because Or you, you guys had him taking Vassal. So I had so Toppin Okoro. kind of high, too. I had Toppin in the top five or two who has dropped. But I mean, he's really – he's been really – um, the pandemic has hurt him the most of anyone in college basketball. Probably. He has gotten so <laughs> screwed because he was, like, the most hyped college basketball player in America the entire spring that COVID hit. And then just, like, he fell off the face of the earth because he has dropped mightily. His draft stock has dropped mightily. He's a good player. He just um, – just, like – these workout warriors like Vassal and like Patrick Williams have just stolen all of his thunder. So, I mean, he, like his stock's probably taking the biggest hit. And, I mean, who knows where he ends up, honestly, at this point. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And it, just to correct myself, they had w- the Wizards taking Vassal. Okoro's another guy that I was trying to say, like, he's still, he might um, be falling. He's, still, like, he's yeah, another guy who's right falling. So him and Topper are probably like, like, like the two yeah. guys that we had that are right now. Probably, falling in our draft. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you remember, but it was only like a month ago when a rumor came out that the T-Wolves might be considering Toppin for the number one pick yeah. overall. I was like, okay. And now, and now we have him out. Basically, the earliest he can go is 10. Yeah. Um, speaking of 10, Phoenix Suns on the clock here at 10. A team that probably, other than the uh, the Lakers, ended the year on like the biggest high note, going 8-0 in the bubble. I mean, 
again, another just team a raw where deal. like just a, just a raw <laughs> deal, but it's not st- <laughs> another another team where you look at their starting five and it's like it makes sense. It just sucks that they're in the West. Yeah. I mean, Devin Booker is an absolute god, and like it's just how much help can they get them? Yeah. So for the number ten pick with the Suns, I'm gonna go. There's a lot of routes you can go because honestly, they are pretty set in their starting five, and it and. You could get wings, but they got a lot of wings. You could go bigs, but they have DeAndre Ayton. But I decided to go with a point guard, and I got Kyra Lewis Jr. Okay. Out of Alabama, he's a sophomore, and he is he's a speedster. He is so quick. I, I compare him a lot to De'Aaron Fox. He moves around the court. He's all over the court. He's got actually a pretty good three-point shot, and he plays really well as the ball handler in a pick-and-roll. And so then you can start moving uh, Booker off the ball a little bit more. And if you do happen to lose Booker or if you want to trade Rubio, I think Kyle Lewis would fit really well in that system with them, like pushing the ball up as much as the Suns do. Yeah, he's athletic. He's fast. He's a little bit reckless at times. Yeah, absolutely. I, I kind of think Colin Sexton a little bit because they both yeah. went to Alabama. Like a little yeah. like a little Colin Sexton. Um, he's definitely just – he's in, he's interesting. He's different. Um, I thought of Ish Smith. Because of my like my um my former Pistons fandom, because he just can't because um he just sort of going um all over the place. But I think he shoots better than um he does too. So I don't know. That's yep. my floor. That's really? my Ish floor comp for him. Yes. Is Smith. I think at Ish the very Smith. least he's gonna be able to be like a quick point guard that can be a journeyman and run around different places and be like a solid producer. But yeah, yeah that was my floor yeah. comp. Love that. All right. He definitely like I don't know how well he can play defense, but if he can play even a lick of de- defense, him and Devin Booker next to each other could fit pretty well. Yeah. They need defense so bad. Sorry. <laughs> they do need defense. You look at Rubio, Booker, and Aiton. None of those guys kind of want to play defense. Ubre's there. Rubio is a low key good defender. Low key. He gets good some defender. steals. He but gets some steals every now outside and then. of that, yeah, they he's a good have... off ball defender. On yeah. ball, he's gonna get beat. Yes. All right. So moving on to a team that is like changing the guard a lot, which is the San Antonio Spurs. They are trying to get younger. They have some good young pieces in Murray and Derek White, but they also have some old guys in Demar Derozan, Lamarcus Aldridge, who are well past their prime, both on big bloated contracts. Jakob Pertl, their starting center this year, is a restricted free agent, so we don't know how much they're going to have to pay him to keep him around. This is probably a pretty big pick because this is probably the first time they're in the lottery in a long time. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is not how the how I thought the board would go. I think this is a great spot for Isaac Okoro now that he's there and that he's fallen. I feel like if he's there at 11, these Spurs are licking their chops for Okoro. I think this is a guy that they would absolutely love to get into their system. He's a great defender, um, smart player. I think he won SEC um, Defensive Player of the Year last year, maybe. I think is or he I was up there. Up. I think yeah, I think he was a guy though that just an absolute grinder on defense. Um, the one knock on him is his shot, but if if um, if you're going to the Spurs, then like that's the, that's the, the best place to go to go fix your shot. So I mean, um, the comp for him I saw was like was like um, Justice Winslow. But I feel like if um, they can fix his shot, then that's fine. Or um, Andre Iguodala was was around there too. I mean, those are good, just some solid players. I think that. Um, he, that um, he could aspire to be. And I think the the, the um, Spurs could definitely get him there. I totally agree. So the Spurs, if they got him, would be trying to go like the defensive route yes. because they got Dejounte Murray, they got Derek White, and yes, they need to start looking for wings. And I think Okoro is a really good fit here if they want to start going like a lot of defense yeah. first. Thing that worries me is twenty eight percent three point shooting for him. It's the Spurs thing that to like fix shooters. It's a good point. This is like they have the best. Shooting coach in the U.S. that I've heard like 
like Pop's top assistant's like the guy to fix this problem. Well, this that's the Spurs then. thing. This is the Spurs. He's definitely a Spurs guy. This is where, a Spurs like, guy. He's a good defender. He's a good all-around player. He's yeah. like an above-average passer. Like, yeah. yes, he doesn't get a lot of assists, but like he's a good ball movement guy. Good, just all-around player. It's just if they can get that shot. I mean, it doesn't need to be thirty-six league average, but if you can get it into like the thirty-four range, like just there. I mean, and also you have right to now guard too, him. Like he's not going to start immediately because they have DeRozan, they have Rudy Gay. Like he's probably not going to get all the minutes immediately, but they could definitely um, improve him and just sort of like ease him into um, like sort of the role as they're as they are trying to keep this transition going a little bit. He more. could definitely be a G League guy too. Yeah. Throw him in the G League for a little while, let him develop. God, let that'd be so tough for who's supposed to go like like fifth in the draft. Now he's going to the Spurs G League <laughs> team. That's a real yeah, that's tough. But well, it makes sense to fix I that know. shot. I mean, yeah, yeah, fix the shot, and I have his uh, ceiling being like Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler okay. came in, not a very good shooter. I mean, a really hard worker, yeah. great defender. And if he can fix that shot, he could be somewhere in that same kind of category. Yeah. So Okoro's off the board. Our, the big faller in this mock draft right now is Toppin. Toppin had, could have gone number one, and he is now outside the top 11, which is just shocking to me. Um, Mitch, you're the evens. You're on the clock at Sacramento. I mean, they already have a couple of good big men, but like, is Toppin the guy there at twelve? I think Toppin's the guy there. I take so I take Toppin at twelve. I actually I had Toppin going eleven to the Spurs in my mock draft. Um, I think you could have gone either way with him yeah. or Okoro, and it would have been a good fit. Um, but if I'm the Kings, I am ecstatic about I getting Obi Toppin yeah. here in the twelfth pick. If for no other reason, I think that he would fit really well in their system. I know that they have big man. I know they like to play Harrison Barnes at the four, but you can kind of do an alternating 3-4 thing with him and Obi Toppin. I think Toppin is getting slept on a little bit right now. A lot of people are comparing him to, like, athletic rim runner type guys. Like, I saw one that compared him to Mark Stoudemire. I don't really see that. I see him more as, like, a mid-range shooter, bit of a shot creator, a guy that can like get a, go get a bucket on his own if you really need to, while also being hyper athletic. Yeah. I really like Toppin, and I, if I'm the Kings, I'm very happy they dropped this. Fall. I'd be ecstatic. I was the Kings at twelve. I, yeah, I see him almost like a Draymond Green esque type of player. I also saw Sean like, Marion, and I was like, ooh, Sean Marion could be it. Yeah, yeah, someone that you can like create the offense inside out with, yeah. and not necessarily post him, but like definitely use him to like create the offense. He's a above average passer. He's just. His game is all around good. I mean, he can shoot, he can play defense. Like, there's a lot of things he can do. It's just one of those things where, like, he doesn't do, he doesn't have that one thing that sticks out as, like, I'm amazing. He's just good at everything. Yeah, I think you're right on point, uh, Tom, when you said that he was the guy that got hurt most by this pandemic because I'd imagine that he, I mean, he would have been in March Madness and he would have been one of, like, the stars that people yes. were watching. Yeah, because like, what, like, a two three seed, they would yeah. have killed it. Yeah, yeah, and they would have done. They would have done really well. I mean, they at least would have won a couple of games. Yeah. And people would have credited Toppin for it. And yeah. He would have been one of those March Madness guys that launched up. And since now, people are like, oh, well, he's older, and like, oh, maybe he's not like as good or as skilled as we thought he would be. But uh, Toppin, big fan. Yeah, yeah, I like Toppin a lot. I like this next team up a lot, which is the New Orleans Pelicans. They are a fun team to watch. They've got arguably the best young core in the NBA. Zion. I think is for real. I am going to piss some people off by saying this, but I love Lonzo. Love his game. You're still on the you're still Lonzo train? I am, I am all aboard the, the Lonzo maybe, train. The bubble maybe sell all his stock. I'm like, uh, I'm so I'm, I, I still think like in his role, Lonzo could be good. I love Brandon Ingram. I think his game is really fun to watch. He's one of those guys that loves the mid-range, which I'm like big, mid, big dirt guy, big mid-range <laughs> guy. 
Uh, Tom, who you got with the uh, the New Orleans Pelicans taken? So I think we should start off that this pick also probably traded. This is something that's been in the news more too, as they're sort of looking at offers for Drew Holiday, like along with that, to, to like someone else for someone else to go along with the roster. I'd be sort of curious to see what they're trying to hope for. But if they do keep this pick, um, I'd probably go Jalen Smith from Maryland. Yeah, so I was big on this guy. I watched his tape, and I was um, I. I had I had watched him a a, um, a few times being sort of like the the I'm Big Ten guy that I am. I saw him play against Michigan Michigan State and and um, he just you know he's he's a fighter down though. He's um he's got some some like good ball handling skills. He's a good finisher around the rim. Um, he's in mid range. He can make a three every now and then too, which is good for nowadays. And I think most importantly, it it's like just good Zion insurance right now because we have no idea what Zion's body's gonna be doing, like what shape he'll be in. I mean, he had this sort of like weird off season now where he got like two months off. So I think. This just sort of gives them another body down low with Zion favors um, uh, Jackson Hayes just to sort of give them the keep, just to, to, sort, to sort of give them that like more of insurance because the backup for Zion right now is is Kenrich who here we do all love I'm not sure <laughs> it kind of just meant for um, the starting five for the Pelicans if I'm um, Zion's hurt and they're trying to be a top team in the West so I feel like Jalen Smith might just give them this little more of insurance. Um, in case um, Zion does get hurt or if he has a problem, just to sort of give him more time. So It is sad to say Kendrick Williams is also a free agent this year. Oh, no. And we don't – I mean, if I'm going to be – as TCU fans, if you know, we love our boy Kenny Hustle, but I, I don't know if he's going to be he a – might go to a better place. Actually, I don't even know if we go to a better place I don't know point. if he's going to get a second contract in the NBA. Love the guy. He does well when he plays, but he does not – he's not one of those guys that can really help out a team that's going to be good. Yeah, we all love and miss Kenny Hustle over here, but it's probably going to be his last contract. I mean, honestly, if the Pistons need to fill a roster, they can just try him out at least. <laughs> Bring him in. I mean, okay. yeah, like he's a, you know, he's a he's a hustler, you know. We we, we just need some like some blue-collar Detroit guys to get in there and try and do some <laughs> stuff. I mean, he could I mean, he can burn minutes for a year for the Pistons, honestly, if we need him to. Hey, we can talk honey myself a minute eater. <laughs> yeah. Love myself a minute eater. He will devour eater. any minutes the Stones will give him next year. <laughs> we could talk Kenny Hustle all night, but I'm going to go back. So I actually had Jalen Smith here, too. I'm honored. I, so, <laughs> we're like on the same wavelength here, Tom. Yeah, just one or two off. Yeah, so uh, Jalen Smith is a big, strong, athletic, and kind of sweet shooting big, which I think is exactly what the Pelicans need. Because Jackson Hayes is going to be okay next to Zion, but he's already such like an athletic, raw guy. Derek Favors is probably going to be on his way out, probably go find another yeah. home this offseason. I think they could use another big, and I think Jalen Smith kind of fits that bill really well for them. I didn't realize how he shot threes. I mean, he could just... Yeah. Yeah. He's, like, he's a, um, a great pick and pop guy for Lonzo probably, too, if that was sort of the way that they wanted to sort of um, like it, infuse that. Um, yeah. With Lonzo's ability to see too. the court, yeah. like using Zion on the pick and roll and be able to have that lob threat and being able to have a stretch five next they to him. They can try to do five wide miles with that too, they, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, just being wide like that, yeah. having so much room for Zion to be able to work in the paint. Let him cook. Gonna, yeah. There we go. <laughs> I mean, his averages uh, are awesome. He had 15.5 points, 10.5 rebounds, 2.5 blocks, and 37% from three-point range. Yeah. Like, that's exactly the kind of modern NBA big that you are looking for, and I think he'd fit really well next to Zion. That yeah. two and a half blocks and 37 from three is Chris Stapps-like numbers. Mm-hmm. Those are some numbers out there that, like, unicorns get. And I'm not calling him a unicorn just yet, but he's got – in college, he might have well, been a unicorn. And his main comp has been Serge Ibaka. That's kind of perfect, honestly, for what he's been, like, for um, for what he was at Maryland, too. Big yeah. Serge Ibaka guy. Yeah. Last, pod, last pod, I went on a rant about how much I love Serge Ibaka, and oh. Serge Ibaka is oh, – Come to Dallas, please, <laughs> Please. All right, so let's go on to our last pick of the lottery. This is 
kind of the the most interesting pick because I honestly don't know if they make the pick. This is the best team we've talked about so far. By, by a mile. By a mile. <laughs> uh, maybe the Warriors next year will be kind of in this range, but the Boston Celtics have picked 14 via the Memphis Grizzlies. This is the first traded pick that we've gone over, but the Memphis Grizzlies gave up this pick at 14, and Boston has it, and they were third in the East, a 48-24 and 24 record, an insane starting five, but, I mean, they definitely need some help at center. Yes, and so there's a lot of things that, like a lot of ways the Celtics could have gone here. And so they have this pick, they have pick 26, and they have pick 30. And they're going to, and I think that they can go with someone who is a bit of a raw project, but if turned around really well, could fit perfectly into that uh, positionless small ball five spot, and that is Precious Achiwa. Is that what you had? Um, it's not, but I'm not surprised that you chose. Yeah, that um, I was down to him and someone else. This is yeah, that's totally fine. So (laughs) I yeah. So I there was a bunch of different guys I like. I felt like I could have gone with here. I think that they're like already stock full on wings. I think that they're all the best point guards at this point have already been taken, and there's some better point guards or some good point guards you can take there at the end of the first round where their other picks are. So right now I'm going with Achua. He is hyper-athletic, and I think at the very minimum, you're getting a guy like Jordan Bell, who is smaller, six foot nine, I think is what Achiwa is, but he is a great shot blocker. He, is a, he flies all over the court. Like I said, he's hyper-athletic. He's going to be a great pick-and-roll guy, and he's a really good like switch defender on wings and stuff, kind of like what Daniel Tice is, but just a more athletic, higher-potential Daniel Tice. I saw a con from Montrose Harrell, and I was like, I see it. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. We hate him, but that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that you were here for at last pod was we went on a rant about how much everyone hates the Clippers. That's fair. So, <laughs> but yes, I do see it. He is definitely raw. He is definitely athletic. He's definitely a guy that could help at the five. I don't know if he's like ready to help out day one. He might need a little work, but he's definitely a guy that... like the Celtics could use to be their center for the future. Yeah, seven foot two wingspan. He's six foot nine, but he's really long and he's thick. So I yeah, think I he's mean, the kind of guy he, they could use. Yeah, so it'll be fascinating to see. I mean, I guess he'll have to fight with Robert Williams for minutes next year. I don't know how that's going to go. Yeah, so we'll see how, how they believe it in Robert Williams versus, versus um, Precious if they were to take him there. So. Yeah, Ennis Kanner also has a player option. So oh, if he opts right. in for five mil, which I don't know if he will or not. He probably should. This year he probably, probably should. Probably should. Uh, excuse me, probably should. Voice, <laughs> Voice crack. crack. No. Voice crack. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Like He could fight for minutes. I could also see them stashing him in the G League or – Burying him at the end of their bench just to get some garbage minutes, just to ease him in. But they're also in weird spot. I, I I don't think they can keep all of their picks on their roster. They can't. So I, they're gonna have to make a trade. Yeah, or the, or they'll have to, to just get a bunch of foreign guys and just like stash them overseas somewhere. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, that's the uh, the end of the lottery. You two did great. How do you guys both feel about how you drafted so far? I am more relieved that um our. Our mocks were, were pretty similar for the most part. Just like mm-hmm. one small difference this year and there. So I'm sorry that I uh, took Williams from your stones. I know the stones could use him, <laughs> but I mean, like honestly, too, it would have been weird to see like him and Seiko in the, the same backcourt that like might be too similar too. So it might be yeah, it's for the best. Honestly, we're still just making room for for um, a brighter future. You know, just Hazel, just a new new part of our plan. <laughs> just to... I feel pretty good about it overall. Yeah, that's great, guys. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, another episode of Team Morale Podcast, our first beer podcast. Yes, first beer. Oh, Fireman's, oh, Fireman's Four. Yes, yes our Fireman's first Four. Fireman's Four. Uh, 
We'll be back next time with the uh, the rest of our mock draft. We just did the lottery this time. Welcome, Tom. Thank you. A reoccurring, a reoccurring member of the podcast for sure. Definitely a member of Team Morale. And yeah, have a good one, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.